And welcome back to another episode of Bleeding Green, Bears, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel, and man, that sounds good. Welcome back to another episode. You know, this thing, even though this is only episode two, uh, it's really taken off. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled and so pleased. Thank you very much for listening. Um, the, the podcast is distributed about anywhere you can listen to podcasts now. I'm really excited about that. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm j- just so excited. One piece of Northwest news before I get into um, introducing my guest for today's podcast is uh, Jackson Barnes and Zach Howard from uh, the Northwest Bearcat football team, second team uh, academic All-Americans for this year's team. So they were both uh, MIAA second team All-MIAA selections in 2019 and MIAA scholar-athletes. So congratulations to those two guys. That's uh, that's pretty cool. The first members on the academic All-America team since uh, since 2018. So pretty, pretty cool deal for the Bearcats. I like to throw that in there. Um, but uh, I would like to introduce this week's guest, Brandon Meisner from, uh, from D2Football.com, that website has a big effect on me. It's a big part of my fandom, if you will. And uh, Brandon, hey man, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, no worries. Glad to be here. I want to talk a lot about the website, but we got to work some Bearcat stuff in here too. I'm I uh, <laughs> usually just kind of satisfy my own curiosity with my I question. Got so uh, talk about kind of your your fandom goes back to the early '90s, right? When you were when you went to Northwest. Well, yeah, I. Decided I wanted to be a broadcasting major when I was still in high school. I'd actually worked in radio and all that, all that kind of stuff. A small town radio where actually high school students can get involved. Um, the, uh, you know, even it, there was a uh, student newspaper and they made a prediction about what would happen in 20 years from now. And the prediction for me would be that I would own a radio station. And so that was, you know, kind of what I wanted to do, which led me to Northwest. Uh, I had, faith in their department that you know it would be where i needed to be it would do the things i wanted to do and so i went to northwest uh now the team wasn't that good when i was there they got better towards the end uh so in well in terms of all athletics they really weren't that great uh while i was there but i had a great experience obviously i i always joke with people i said you know i spent five years uh, you know, just waiting to get out of there only, you know, the moment I graduated trying to figure out how to get back. And uh, it's, it's, it was a wonderful school and uh, I was, I'm really happy with the choice th- that I made. And obviously it's had a huge impact on my life uh, for many reasons. And obviously D2football.com is one of those reasons. So talk about that football team, right? I mean, you know, we, we talk about 94, the 0 and 11 team, but what was, <laughs> what was the fan experience like? What was going to a game like prior to that? Really not much fun. I mean, it was really, it was like it was an afterthought. Um, I, I've experienced it at some of the schools that I visited since I started the website because now I've been all over the country. And once in a while there will be, oh my goodness, that really feels like old Northwest. But, you know, there wouldn't be that many fans there. Um, you know, it wouldn't be horrible sometimes. You know, homecoming would be capacity. But for the most part, uh, it, it was not what it what you're used to, certainly. And it's not what people are used to now. Um, you know, the, the team wasn't that great. Like I said, uh, some of the things were the after, you know, were, it seems like an afterthought. It wasn't as organized. Having said that, I, I think the band, one thing I do like, is the way the band and all the cheerleaders and all the the dance team, they enter the stadium. That's always been that way, and I like that part of it. 
Um, and that, that, you know, whenever I hear that, that means that drum line, that means something to me, you know, that feels like football to me, but it's, it's nothing like it is now. And, 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 you know, uh, I guess nobody could say I'm a bandwagoner cause I watched all those games when, when they were pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we like to call you the kind of the godfather, you know, of, of D2 football, but you, you have this amazing ability and that's why I, I love talking to you. And that's really one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on early. So I had this idea, right, for this podcast and, and hey, some, some guests and things. We're getting some things scheduled. I have some exciting stuff in the background. Nothing I can announce yet, but, um, but maybe some big guests coming up. But I had an idea for my first two episodes. Episode one, I wanted Chris Ward to come on. One, because we're friends. Two, because he had a broadcasting background. And three, because he just knows so much about football. But my second guest has always been you. <laughs> I was like, man, if I could just talk Brandon into coming on with me for episode two. And so I'm really happy that you did. Thank you. You've been well, totally cool about it. And you immediately well, said yes. You're, so. you're welcome. I, I just don't know how I feel about being second place to Chris Ward, though. That, 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 <laughs> that's really bothering me a little bit. But uh, nonetheless, we'll continue. I actually know Chris. Uh, you know that I know Chris. Oh, yeah, I know. And, that's uh, how I know you actually yeah, is through. Okay, is through okay, very good. So, but uh, no, he... Uh, uh, I, I love Chris, but uh, I thought I'd, you know, I, I don't know if my ego can take this. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. So one other thing about your time at Northwest, it goes back to Bearcat Update, because although there was a show like that, right, you're kind of responsible for it being called Bearcat Update. That, yeah, that's right. Um, I think it was 94 we started it. I'm pretty sure about that. My friend Jeff Harlan, uh, who, is, who lives in your area, um, was uh teachers in your area was a uh, he was the producer on uh knwt and he ran i think he called it this week in bearcat football and i flipped it all to be like a more encompassing thing so that so that bearcat update could be football during football season and basketball during basketball season spring sports so we could do spring sports um and so yeah i'm really proud of the fact it's still called bearcat update and you know i don't tell everybody that I, uh uh, that, you know, I was the one that came up with it or had the name, but I guess um, people who listen to this will know now. But I'm, I'm pretty pat, proud of the fact that, you know, it still exists in, in basically the same iteration all these years. Yeah, it's neat. So I'm not going to talk too much about this. I've told you this story, but um, I actually auditioned for Bearcat Update as a freshman, uh, and it did not go that well. I mean, it was fine. It was a fun experience. I can look back and laugh right now. I'm hoping that evidence doesn't exist anywhere because it would probably be. That would be really embarrassing, but uh, but anyway, so that's uh, that's why I wanted to to kind of work that in. I got you. Well, you know, the you could when when my friend Jeff ran it, the person doing the interview knew nothing about football, so he had to feed all the questions to the interviewer. Now, when I produced it, I also hosted it, and that kind of changed the dynamic because you know my advisor at the time laughed because you know we went from the you know, the easiest, most simple questions to very complex questions about football and scheme and things like that. Probably too much, you know, um, but it, it was just funny that that dynamic changed so quickly. So uh, you probably would have made it with us because we were willing to with Jeff, you know, because we were willing to force feed uh, uh, questions to our host at that time. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. Well, a lot of people, or some people listening, probably know Kenton McDonald from our time. He's a couple of years older than me, and I believe he's 
networking radio out east mm-hmm. somewhere. I should have looked that up before I mentioned it, but last I knew he was yeah maybe in Indiana or something. Anyway, he was the he was the co-host of my audition, and he, he could probably remember and laugh because it was <laughs> I was well, very we'll say I was very wooden and stiff. Well, you know what we all anybody who's been in in media, uh, especially as a student, uh, like you know your time in college. We all have a boom goes the dynamite moment. We all do. And no no right. can deny it. We just hide it from everybody else. And and quite frankly, I tell everybody, if you have never broadcast a game or done something and then seriously questioned whether you should keep doing it, you're not self-aware enough. Because mm-hmm. we all have done something where you're like, I, I don't know that I'm doing this. I mean, that was that the worst broadcast ever? And uh anyway, you know, lo- long story short, oh, you know, if you don't have that level of self-awareness, you're either narcissistic or you might be on ESPN by now because you know you just you know there there, there's a a healthy amount of self-doubt in most of us right well and and one of the reasons and and that's what I love about the broadcasting program in Northwest and that's ultimately one of the big reasons why I decided to go there you know you can go to maybe you know a, a more prestigious school such as a Mizzou right with their broadcasting program their journalism program Unless you're really good and you're an upperclassman, you're not sniffing around, you know, radio, TV, any of it. And the nice thing about Northwest is like, hey, you think you want to do this first semester freshman year? All right, try it out. Right. And it's uh, and that, you know, I'm, I'm sure I was terrible at the beginning, but it's really kind of a sink or swim thing. And you get that experience. And for me, I was worried, am I going to waste, you know, two or three years at, at a Mizzou and then find out I I'm not good at it or I don't right. like it. You do something else. I mean, that's and, and a lot of other people, a lot of the people that I went to school with around that time, you know, have talked about that. And that's it kind of goes along with that. And, yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm so insane about Northwest, not just the football team, but the whole university was, you know, you talk about your experience of wanting to go back. I mean, that's me. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I love that. And as I have kids, you know, I'm all about, hey, kids, you know, let's, you know, put your Bearcat stuff on or let's go back up to Maryville. And it's. Um, yeah, it's just like a big family up there. We're talking about it, mm-hmm. but that's, that's yeah, so you know, great. That's why so many people have a connection like that. Right. And to draw that back to the, the football team, uh, one of the things that it, it affords you is the ability to interact. Um, if you're at Mizzou now, especially when they're in the SEC, they're going to limit, you know, media exposure to the students. They're going to really control it. You don't have as much of that at Northwest, and that's good for the students. So, so, and it's a credit to the football program and all the athletic programs that students can have access and learn how to do the job. So, you know, um, that's one nice thing. It's not just about the department. It's about the, the culture of the university as a whole. True. That's a great point because anybody, you know, we can just go down on the field and, right. you know, interact with players, coaches, whatever, you know, parents and, and different things after the games. Like that's um, – definitely unusual yeah if you're a bigger school you're not going to get that. right that's exactly right so again it's a one it's a wonderful place i think everybody listening to this probably agrees with that sure you're right yeah it's <laughs> kind of a new audience that i'm focused toward here if you're not exactly. a big Pre- yeah you're preaching <laughs> to the choir on that one you know so, <laughs> so back to the website to d2football.com mm-hmm. where did the idea for that come from when did that kind of start to take form well you know the the process was kind of this and back in 96, all right, Northwest started four and and, and I was getting angry, not angry, frustrated, you know, I'm young and, 
you know, and I'm like, why aren't they ranked yet? You know, why aren't they in the top 25 yet? So I really started to pay attention. Uh, why aren't they ranked yet? Why aren't they ranked yet? And eventually they got ranked. And, you know, I've really, over the 22 years of doing this now, I really see how the process of, of uh, getting recognized, you know, getting respect is probably comes later than it should. And maintaining respect probably, stay, you know, the respect stays around longer than it should. Uh, but anyway, back back to the point. Uh, there was only one entity that covered Division Two as a whole, and that was USA Today, and a guy named Greg Drahushek, who later wrote for D2Football.com, wrote a national column for them. And so it would be one column, you know, just, and the size of a normal column, you know, like 900 words or something, not, not nothing that big, once a week, but that's all we had. And basically, you know, Northwest was good that year, ended up losing to uh, Northern Colorado in the playoffs. And in 97, they were great again, lost to Northern Colorado again. In 98, they went to Alabama. And uh, that year I didn't, but the next year I met somebody who I had met online through through a, a, a group called eGroups. And basically it was like a message board except for it emailed responses and you emailed your responses back and it sent it out to everybody. So you could come home one night and have 30 emails and they're all guys from around the country talking about Division II football. One of those guys I met uh, was from Florence, Alabama, named Jeff Witten, who's still a friend today. And he built websites for a living, hosted websites for a living. And so in 1999, I mocked up uh, a website on Microsoft Paint or whatever. And I said, let's build it. And he said, okay, let's do it. And it basically started as a joke. It was just going to be to promote some athletes and, you know, give them, and I don't, joke's not the right word, but I never, you know, we never thought it would become what it has. Um, and, you know, we thought, hey, you know, we'll get some recognition. There'll be some scores, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that's really how it started. And, uh, you know, it's been a wild ride since then. So what kinds of features did kind of the first iteration of the website include? Well, you know, we're a lot smarter about stuff than we were then. Um, uh, you know, it had a lot of the same things, maybe in a little different format. We Because at the time, only 16 teams were picked for the, uh, uh, for the playoffs. We had a top 16 poll. Don't know why we did it. It was a stupid decision looking back. That was crazy. You know, some of the things that we had, that we don't do anymore. Uh, like we had like a Harlan Hill trophy watch. The notebooks were different or what we call columns. Now uh, we just had five, which were a national and then one for each region, which at the time were Northeast, South, Midwest and West. And so, you know, it's amazing and very, you know, labor intensive to cover one conference. Can you imagine, you know, my friend Jeff Harlan, who I mentioned earlier, um, he wrote the Midwest for me forever and he would cover three conferences all the time. That's insane, you know, an insane amount of work. And he did that forever. And I will be eternally grateful to him for, for doing that. But so that was the structure of the notebooks. And we had like news like we do now and, and all the kinds of links to information. It was more educational than it was opinion. It's really turned into a, uh, opinion based, which is, you know, the same as most other forms of media. Now, where, you know, you, uh, you get your news in one way and then you get your analysis in a different way. And we kind of pro provide that analysis. We did a lot of things like who's hot, 
that was just like saying, you know, who's who, you know, what teams have been like good the last four games, stuff like that. Extremely labor intensive, and it didn't get that many eyeballs. So basically, over the years, we've learned what to weed out that people really weren't that interested in, and instead focus on the things uh, that people are interested in. So there's always like a ratio, uh, and this isn't anything scientific. I don't have a mathematical formula for it. But there's a ratio of the amount of work you put in it to the interest. And we always want to have a good ratio on that. And so, but nonetheless, it's been largely the same. Uh, you know, I would say that aside from the looks of it, and that doesn't even change that often, uh, you know, what was there at the beginning, largely the same as, as, as it is now because it's a winning formula. So, so was there a, a turning point or when things really kind of started to, to pick up steam? No, it was immediate. It was unbelievable. I always, I told this story a couple times, but like, yeah, I don't know. The second day, the second day we were published, we had a thousand visitors that day or 980 something. I said, can you believe that? Isn't that incredible? I mean, what one day we might have 5,000 and then like the next day it was 5,000. I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. And then, so I made a joke about 20,000. And like the next week, it was 20,000. I mean, literally, if I made a joke about it, it would happen. Now, I don't track it in spite of the fact I should. But I don't track it like I used to because I don't care. You know, I'm just doing it. It's going to work or it's not. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it just took off immediately. And it showed that there was a market there. The people were interested in this. They just didn't have anything. Uh, they just didn't have any sources for that kind of information. And uh, it was immediately successful which is probably good you know maybe if it, we were getting 500 a day we wouldn't have continued to publish and wouldn't have done this 22 years later or whatever well one of my favorite features and i think probably one of the most popular i don't know but the message board definitely that's something that's that's kind of changed over time i know with at least my group of friends i mean there's that's the amazing thing about that is is there's kind of this community of people right that we we share this kind of passion, whether it's, you know, we, I know a bunch of us have gotten to know fans from all over, you know, from right. all different schools and around the country, especially during the playoffs when Northwest plays other teams. But, um, you know, the, the message board is, is just one of those things. And, and is that, what are some of the most popular things? I mean, th is that what a lot of people utilize? Uh, it's not as popular as you would think in terms of like a percentage of traffic. Um, it, at the height of the football season, probably 35%. Um, having said that, it's very popular. We get a lot of traffic. Um, I, you know, certainly Twitter and Facebook have hurt that traffic because, you know, that message board is the original social media. And I really, you know, we have a ton of people on there. I wish more sign up all the time because we can really focus and talk about Division II football on there. And, like, for me, Twitter it can be very you know, it gets clogged up with stuff I don't necessarily want to see. I know if I go to the message board, it's going to be exactly what I want to see. So I always am inviting people to come to the message board and, and, and that sort of thing. I have met friends that are, you know, people I've known for 20 years that are still friends to this day because of it. I'm friends with these people on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's been wonderful, but it really was the original social media. Jeff, who I've mentioned a few times now, kind of made a joke. He, and this was before you know, Twitter and Facebook really started. He goes, man, you kind of, you've really kind of grown a little community here, you know, and that's exactly what it is, you know? And uh, so I, I, you know, it's, it's important to me and I keep running it, uh, you know, operating the message board, even though there can be some headaches associated with it. Uh, 
But I think it's great because if you want to talk about these teams and all of that and know that you're going to get that information, you can go right there. And uh, great people on there, people that support the website, and I'll be uh, forever grateful for them. Best fans right there. Those, that's the best fans, uh, the people on the board. And, and it's like when, you know, we always talk about, and, and one of the things Chris and I talked about last week is, is uh, you know, the, the rivalry with Pitt State and how that's more exciting. You know, when they're good, there's more of their uh, uh, fans on the message board. You know, and oh, other teams oh. the same way, right? When, when other teams are good, and that's when it gets really up to me, when it gets really fun, when there's a lot of good banter and talk, talk everything, is, uh, that's, that's, it doesn't get any better than that. Oh, for sure. Now. Northwest fans would never tell you this because they enjoyed the ride. But when Northwest is just punching everybody in the face every week, it's actually not good for interest nationally. You know, I mean, the Northwest has dominated for a very long time now. At certain points, it was extremely dominant. And, you know, Pitt State's got a very vocal and proud fan base. And they're, they, they're not going to get on to read about Northwest beating them or Missouri Western or anybody else beating them. And, you know... For me personally, it's very important that they get good again. You know, you want them to be good again. You talk about, when you talk about Pitt State, you talk about the meaningful games. You don't talk about the ones where Northwest just beat them by, you know, three scores. It's just not what happens. You talk about the close games against a meaningful, respected opponent. And Pitt State certainly is that. Yeah, well, it was was a lot of fun for me. What, in 2019, we were both, I think, 5-0. and Going into that game at Arrowhead when we, um, when we kind of renewed that rivalry, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know if we really thought Pitt State was going to win the conference, but it was at least a lot more exciting for me as a fan. <laughs> There's somebody, yeah, I always, I want them to be good, you know, I want right. them to be, you know, I want Northwest to be one A and them to be one B, and let's slug it out and see what happens. Right, you know, you had mentioned you and Chris had talked about the 2007 game where Oman had to dive on fourth down into the end zone. Uh, for the winning score, you know, that doesn't happen if, if both teams aren't good. You know, that, that's not as meaningful. Chris talked about the block field goal in 2003 uh, by Tony Glover to, to win that game, secure that win for Northwest. You know, that was a situation where Pitt was really good. Northwest is pretty average, at least by Northwest standards. And, uh, uh, you know, so there have been a lot of good history there. And, yes, you liked that game in, in uh, 2019, 2018, whatever year it was. But it didn't have the same – you're not as romantic about it as you were the games when they were really good and Northwest was really good. That's true. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, and it's not it's, – that's not to discount what it meant. It's just like – it's just the fact that, hey, you know, if, if – if, it's more fun to win when you're actually scared you're going to lose. Yes. That's funny. That's something my <laughs> my wife always says, and it's no disrespect to the, you know, the northeastern states and and the Lincolns. You know, the teams that are are typically toward the bottom of the conference, right? right. But she she always wants to go. You know, I'm sick of these blowouts. I want a good game. You know, mm-hmm. me being the fan, I'm like, no, I want them all. I want yeah, them all to be exactly. blowouts. That's too stressful. You know, that's going to give me gray hair <laughs> right. or whatever. But uh, but that but that's a good you know that's a good point. And that's right. when those I mean, even good teams. Northwest hasn't lost to Emporia State since 1994. The same with Missouri Southern. Even when they've had good teams, it didn't have the same meaning because I don't think people really considered them a threat. Maybe they did. But I never really thought most of those years that 
Northwest would lose to Emporia State, even when they played them in the playoffs. So, so what is Brandon? What is the most? Uh, you talk about traffic, right, to the mm-hmm. website. What's the most popular thing? What do people typically log on to see? Well, during the season, it's the scores. Like that, you know, game days are really heavy. Um, that our columns as well. Um, you know, we're trying to expand. It's hard to do. Uh, you know, more. You know, more video content. Part of the problem is that when I do something, I want to do it really well, and that takes a lot of time. And sometimes it takes. Uh, you know, just doing it well doesn't uh, isn't possible because of the resources of Division two schools. Like I made some videos during the pandemic. And they're very high quality videos, but they took a month to produce because you're getting, you know, video from here or pictures from here. And it's not simple and it's not easy. And if I make a video, I want it to be well-researched, something that'll stand up over time. You know, so we, I'd really like to do more. One thing, though, that this pandemic has shown is like, you know, we're having Zoom interviews with people on major networks now. It's really lowered the bar as far as video quality and what should be done. So hopefully I will take that and do more shows and things like that where we just talk like we are now and, and put them on there because, uh, uh, you know, those are, those are other interesting things for people to have. But, you know, again, back to your question, I think the scores uh, and, and the columns are, are the two main things. Coaches like the news, and some people like the news because, you know, you're looking to news from around the country and you don't want to have to have uh, the Twitter feed or the, uh, you know, RSS of, you know, 180 different media sources from around the country to get information, but you do like it once we've kind of sorted through what's important and what's not. And I would say, you know, for the most part, those are the things that people come for, but uh, the board, obviously, you know, as we talked about before. Uh, So I I think, you know, as a triangle or a quad, those things are probably the things that are most popular. So the columns, so, I mean, you know, you have – somebody from every conference in the country how, how long did it take <laughs> to to get all of those people because all of those are volunteers right yes i mean and it's not every conference every year sometimes we won't have one and that's you know very disappointing but you know this is a this is a labor of love where i always make a joke about uh being life in the deuce and the deuce you know refers to division two and uh, a friend of mine that's an athletic director in the uh, Great American Conference talks about that life in the news. So I quote that all the time. You know, this is a labor of love. If we were covering, you know, the SEC, we'd be rich, you know, but we don't have those resources and that's, and that's fine. Because of that, you can't hire people to, you know, you can't pay somebody, you know, uh, $80,000 to write for you all year long, or you can't pay somebody, you know, $200 a story to write for you. So, we have to rely on volunteers uh, just the same as we're volunteering our time. And sometimes people have a passion for a conference. Some people have a passion for writing. Some people have a passion for football. Sometimes they don't. And so we just got to kind of take it, uh, take it as it comes. Uh, there are five conferences that I consider to be the most popular that, and the most important. And I do my darndest to have one of those, those covered every year. Um, but you know, there, there are no guarantees because you can't make somebody volunteer. You can't make somebody love something that doesn't. And it is, you know, a lot of work for the folks that do volunteer. Uh, and again, I'm forever grateful for those that have. Well, it's very interesting. And, and I even, you know, I love to go read about, um, 
you know, the other columnists and other columns from around the country just to see, okay, who's good, you know, what's going on, especially we go to the playoffs, maybe go back and read some, okay, what's this team been doing throughout the season? You know, it's just, you talk about Twitter and, and I'm new to Twitter. So award <laughs> last mm-hmm. week, he, he is somebody that has really pushed me to get on Twitter for a long time. I finally bought in almost a year ago mm-hmm. and it's, it's sifting through the chaff, right? There's a lot of yes. chaff and trash and static right. to, get to what I want. Correct. Um, but, and you're right. Like it's so nice to go to d2football.com and get what I want. The, you talk about the scores every every Saturday, whether I'm at Bearcat Stadium or not, or, or, or wherever we're at, or if I'm at home, I always have that page up and refresh. And I love to be the first person in in my section, whether it's playoffs or late in the season, and other people are asking about other games. I'm like, oh, well, this game is such and such, you know, and I can just right. rattle that off. So, so thanks to you for that. You kind of made me look good, and people look around like, oh, <laughs> how'd you do that? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, just hit refresh and read the score, but uh, it makes me look like a genius. So, uh, <laughs> so I mean, I I utilize that, and that and that's. You know, it's pretty user friendly, and it's it's you know definitely nice to do. Awesome. Well, that that's what it's there for. I mean, it's there for people to use. So it's a, that's a lot of labor. That's you know a few people paying attention, updating, paying attention, updating. Yeah, there's nothing magical about it, mm-hmm. and and there's nothing really magical about anything we do. People ask me that you know all the time, and I say it's just hard work. You know, that's all it is, just hard work over and over. One of my favorite features that's that may end and I have looked at this a lot is when you can go to the con when go look at the conferences and pull up the team's pages and you have pictures of just about every stadium. I haven't been on there recently, but mm-hmm. I, I love that. Like I'm a nerd. Okay. And mm-hmm. so I, when I get obsessed about something, I want to learn everything about it. And so there were times, exactly. um, you know, where I just want, Oh, I wonder where this stadium is. Where do these teams play? And it's, it's really interesting. And it, Looking at that has made me realize how fortunate we are in the MIAA. We have some of the best stadiums in the country. And just to see other schools with less resources and and kind of what they're dealing with or where they play. Or there's some really cool locations. Bemidji State in right. uh, Minnesota, they're like right on Lake Superior. Yep. And uh, it's just some – it's just – so neat and cool to scroll through there and see where these teams play and, and some, you know, have some facility pictures and stuff like that. And I'm sure there was a lot of effort that went into that. And maybe that's not one of the high traffic areas, but I love it. Just the nerd in me loves to just go and, and just. I, look I, lo- it. I love it too. I mean, and it's, it's kind of a remnant from the, you know, the original site or the, the, I guess maybe the first version of the site where, um, it was more informational. It was tougher to get pictures at that time too. And like, so, I know this sounds ridiculous, but at the beginning, when we began a site, not everybody, not every school had websites and stuff. So you couldn't even go on their school to find it, uh, or their school website to find it. So I, I agree. I love that part. That's kind of a labor of love. Uh, I've got a, I've got them all in one big, uh, Photoshop folder that takes forever to open because it's so large but i love that as well it's fun for me to see those pictures and to see what it's like somewhere else Um, no matter where you are there are pictures of somewhere else and i i I think that's wonderful probably don't need to do it anymore uh because i think in general people are more educated than they used to be about everything but I, i still 
enjoy that feature so much that when you go to the team page on our website, down at the bottom, you got pictures of the stadiums. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. So, so what opportunities have come about because of this? I mean, I, you know, I've watched you on ESPN on the, on the D2 selection, you know, playoff selection mm-hmm. show, which is always great. I mean, I mean, this has brought about a lot of other opportunities and, and things for you too. Well, being on ESPN was cool. You know, when I wanted to, when I was in college, that's what I wanted to do is be on the ESPN or be the voice of the chief. Some, you know, something ridiculous like that. Uh, but honestly, and, and, and I hope it doesn't sound corny or cliche, but the work has afforded me the opportunity to have access to the division two things that I want to see. You know, I never get shut out anywhere. I can go anywhere, walk right into a football facility and have no issues. And, and I'm very interested in that. Uh, a side thing, I've done so much travel across the country that I've been to parts of the country I never would have been if it weren't for D2Football.com. Um, but I haven't really made myself the focus of D2Football.com. Other people have operated small college websites, and it's all about them. I've taken the approach that it's all about the teams and all about my columnists. Maybe that'll have to change you know, in the future, and maybe it'll change this year. Maybe we'll do shows, and it'll be all about, all about my opinion of something. But I really haven't taking advantage of that like I could have in ways that make me more famous or ways that make me richer, but I've done it in ways that have enriched my experience. Well, and that's neat. You talk about, I mean, I, I have been really surprised just in the infancy of this podcast, how willing the athletic department at Northwest has been to, to somebody. Yes, I'm an alum, but I'm not anybody special. I'm just some guy that's mm-hmm. a fan that decided to start a podcast. And I mean, it's a nice thing about Northwest being a smaller school, but, and maybe I was naive to that fact, but they have been great and willing and, to do and, just about anything I want to do. And so yeah. I would imagine someone of your stature in D2 football. Yeah. It would well, be the and, same at know, anywhere back at Northwest, you know, uh, I have had a great relationship with every coach that's been there, uh, Mel, AD, and now Rich. Um, that's afforded me some access that others might not have. It's afforded me the, or given me the ability to have some personal relationships with, uh, you know, with, with some players. You know, um, I was heartbroken when DJ Nader passed away last year. I knew him, you know, as well as an outsider can know somebody. Talk to him so much. Love the kid to death. One of my favorite all-time Bearcats. Um, you know, that happened. Um, you know, I always tell a funny joke. Back in uh, 2003, Dave Tolson was walking on, and, and, you know, he's really chatty, and so am I. You know, we're both really kind of outgoing and love to get along with people. And he's like, yeah, I'd, I was going to start, and then I hurt my foot. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, Dave. You know, and as it turns out, he probably was going to start, you know, probably judging by an NFL career that lasted seven years or whatever it did. Uh, you know, he probably was going to start. So, uh, you know, I've had some of those relationships uh, that uh, and that, that's been another good part of it that I could grow even closer to my alma mater, not really be an outsider, even though, you know, I live in Kansas City and it's in Maryville. So is there any, I mean, you're an idea guy, right? Talk, talking to you for any amount of time, we chatted the other day and, and you were giving me some great feedback and great ideas. And if, if you had a, if you had a blank check, right, we're, we're talking pie in the sky stuff here. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would love to do or maybe something that you're working on now or, or just a, a dream of yours to do with the website or otherwise? 
Oh, with the website? Oh, goodness gracious. I mean, all kinds of stupid stuff. I'd, I'd want to have a, our own office and hire people just to hire people. You know, just hire people to write and, and whatever and have a crazy cool office. Uh, you know, uh, I'd, I'd travel all over the country more than I could. I'd, you know, have live, you know, studio shows. It'd look like ESPN only for Division Two football. It'd be ridiculous to spend that amount of money doing it. But I'd do that. You know, if that if that's what we're talking about as far as the website goes, if the if the budget were unlimited, those are the kinds of things that that would happen. You know, you would be able to come home and, you know, we wouldn't have a network, but you'd be able to get on and start streaming at 9 p.m. Central every Saturday. And there would be a, a TV show with highlights, recapping and analysis of what happened that day. Things like that, you know, radio shows, et cetera, et cetera, even though. You know, TV and radio are, are, are dying mediums, you know, being replaced by the Internet. Uh, there's still there's still uh, a need for them, especially in the small college world, because it's a small town world. And, uh, you know, those are a couple things I'd like, you know, all kinds of ridiculous things I've thought of. But those would be the ones I'd really like immediately, uh, you know, invest in if there was if there were, were an unlimited budget to work with. Was there anything on on the website a feature we haven't talked about? I know you you've done some podcast episodes in the past, and you guys have a YouTube yeah. channel and things. I mean, is is uh, if there, I'll if give you were, this opportunity. Yeah, if there were, I've forgotten. You know, I'm really you know very uh, focused on on what we're doing now and how we're trying to refine things, uh, do things that make sense uh, for today. I'm slow to adapt. You know, you get older, you're slower to adapt, and and uh, trying to be better about that you know uh one thing i don't want to do though is compromise uh, decisions that i make that i believe give us good integrity you know we don't you know we don't throw stuff out there just to throw out there and uh we don't do clickbaity kind of stuff and we don't uh criticize just to criticize criticize just to make waves you know and and you know, may, you know, I try not to change any of that stuff, but when I adapt to the times, need to do a better, better job of that. But again, to go to go back to the question, um, you know, I think, you know, we really have refined what we're doing and what we're doing makes the most sense with the budget in which we're operating. It's one other thing that I always find interesting, especially around NFL draft time is the and throughout the season is there's. um you know, kind of a prospects page and, and some of that, that's always really interesting, especially to get, as we get, okay, you know, what are some D2 guys? Cause, cause even, you know, it's Northwest, right. We've had guys drafted in the past, not sure. a ton of them. And so as I don't know, it's, it's kind of like this fraternity, I think of D2 football fans. That's what I look at it as. And so I'm always interested. Right. I get excited anytime I see any D2 guy, regardless of what conference or school or whatever, where he's from. Um, th- that is interesting. And I, 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 uh, I always Josh, think that's really cool to look at. Josh Buchanan does a good job with that. He's the one that usually puts that together for us. Um, he's usually very accurate too. Um, you know, it's really his accuracy is um, really pretty surprising. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Uh, but I, I agree, you know, and I do look at those guys as as the fraternity. You know, if you go to the website and you go to uh, uh, the history section and you go to alumni, it'll give you all the players who that year played on an active roster, on a roster in the NFL. You know, every year there's 50 to 70. That's pretty awesome. You know, people that you know, and certainly there have been many Bearcats on that over the years. Um, you know, and just, you know, we talked about Dave Tolleson. You know, he was one of them that was 
that was on that. So, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was there forever, but, uh, there've been all kinds of Bearcats and all kinds of division two players. And like you said, it is a fraternity. And, uh, I think that's a, a great feature as well to point to somebody when, if they say something, they go, yeah, go check out that list. And, and they'll see names that are, you know, NFL starters sometimes. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that's something I will probably say for another episode. I'm, I'm going to convince you <laughs> whatever I have to do to come. You're coming on again, just so you know. <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't know what I talk about. Because I don't really think that what we you know, I don't really think that my life is very interesting. But, uh, you know, all this is is hard work and uh, and just, you know, trying to keep up with whatever's going on. And uh, only in, only a fool would do it. But uh, I guess I am that fool. <laughs> well, your your memory is is what's the amazing thing because even when we were talking after that first episode, you're like, hey, you know, you and Chris got a few details wrong. We did, and that was true. And uh, but you, I mean, we call you the encyclopedia because you have this amazing ability to to retain and not only that, but then recall it correctly. Well, you can I, some information, I guess. Maybe that's just things that were meaningful to me. That doesn't mean I remember everything. But when it comes to Bearcat football, I. I remember a ton of stuff, you know, and uh, it, it's fun because it's, uh, you know, when, when I'm listening to something, I go, no, no, that's not right. And one time I was on with Mel during a lightning delay against Emporia State, and he was talking about a certain game, and he said, yeah, and I think it was close. I said, no, 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 it was a blowout, you know, and, you know, it's just, it, it's funny, you know, and, and that's no indictment of Mel. There's just a, for, for a lot of people, most people that, you know, just gets all, mixed together but uh you know you were talking about didn't you talk about a trip down to abilene in the playoffs in 2008 i didn't go there but i think chris did okay okay maybe that was chris i was talking about but yeah i was at that game that was one of the best playoff wins ever for the bearcats you know a team that they probably should not have beaten they got it out and it was a great win you know and so uh uh but because it was meaningful to me i can remember it and and that's probably part of it. Well, you can correct me if I'm wrong. That Abilene team, they had a bunch of guys. Was that the Bernard Scott team? Yeah, they uh, that went Bar- to play on Sundays. You know what? I don't remember if Bernard Scott was still on that team. Edmund Gates, maybe. Yeah, no, Gates. Gates probably was. Um, Billy Malone was the quarterback. Um, they had the left tackle, whose name uh, Washington, um, and uh, Paddock just destroyed him. Sean Paddock just destroyed him. Um, they actually took him out of the game because Paddock had just wrecked that kid. And he was an NFL prospect because he, he was he was huge. But, uh, yes, they had a great, great team, not so great on the defensive side. But uh, Northwest just uh, um, uh, was able to escape with a win there. So it, it, was, a, it was a great team win. And uh, the quarterback, Billy Malone, didn't have that great of a game. That kind of led to it. It's uh, it's funny. So I, oh, if we get too far into this, we'll we'll go way over the time that I have in my head. But, but <laughs> recently, in the last couple of days, I went back and I rewatched the '05 UNA semifinal. Sure, yeah. Uh, and then the '07 Grand Valley I, you know, Ice Bowl, um, yeah. in Maryville, that semifinal. And and it was it was funny to me how um, c- c- talk about you know the, the ability to recall things. It's it's funny. I, 
you know, we all remember things a certain way, right? right. Ten people can watch something, and all ten of them have, might have a slightly different story. But it was uh, it was interesting because I remembered key points in the games, but there were other parts of it that I uh, um, that I didn't remember, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And I think that's something I as I as I churn ideas right. over for season episodes and things like that. That's what I would. Uh, well, because think, you've been about every big moment. So right, that's the, one of the things I'd the, love to have you on for something like yeah, that. Yeah, like the key plays in that game were Oman had a big run at the start of the second half, I think. It was when it was. It was yes. right in front of me. And I got superstitious and I didn't move from that point the rest of the game. So I spent the whole second half watching it from about the UNA side, about their 40-yard line, 35-yard line, somewhere around there. And then the other thing, other uh, key play, Vinny Saylor – was sacked uh, by the Bearcats for two points, which ended up being a huge uh, deal in the game. And then the the throw and catch from Lamberson to Raphael Robinson. Right. And those, I think those were the three big plays in that game. Or the three, those are the three uh, things that I remember. I know UNA scored on a fumble by Lamberson um, and some other things. But as far as the Bearcats goes, those were like the three big plays that were made. Well, in that run by – by Xavier was so big because I think we had like single digit rushing yards in the first half or something. Right. And he just came out and add, and uh, that's one of the things I think that always set um, us apart, especially in the, in the, in the mill years, right. We're halftime adjustments, whatever happened in the first half. And, and we trailed in both of those games. Um, the half, it was like a different team. would yeah. Come out in the second half. And that's something I don't, I don't, I always look at that as the as as the I don't know the key to a really good coach team. If you can make really you know good halftime adjustments and exploit some things that the other team was doing in the first half where they had success. Well, I, I think it's more than just the adjustments. I think it has to do with the leadership style of Mel Churchman and the culture. Like they believed that they were always going to win. I mean, there was never a doubt. And I asked my friend Charlie Pugh who had gotten injured during the 99 championship game. It's like, did you thought you were going to lose? No, he goes, I thought we were going to win. You know, he always thought they were going to win. And the, the Bearcat teams, especially under Mel, because they were so dominant under Doral that you didn't have that as much. Right. But exactly. But under, but under Mel, you know, it was always the belief they were going to win. You were talking about sitting next to Willie Horn's mother last week. I was standing next to, Willie Horn's brother on the sideline uh, when Central had gone down, and I think they attempted a field goal. Nonetheless, it was a point in the game where I was like, well, it looks like the Mules are going to get this one. And the uh, Scorpio said, no, nah, as long as Mel Churchman is on the other sideline, Northwest has always got a chance. And as you know, this was 2010. Adolph ran out and kicked the long field goal to win it um, as, as time expired. And so I believe that others thought it, that Northwest was always going to come back and win. And I believe that they thought it as well. And so I think it has a lot to do with that, or at least you have to factor that in as much as you would any halftime adjustments that were made. That's true. That's a really good point. I guess consideration we, we, we did persevere in so many of those situations, the other teams, Oh boy, here it goes. Here we go again. Right. That's, that's a good point. Right. I mean, and you know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's all it's all pinned in an evaluation, you know, who knows what's right. You know, and there's really right. no way to measure it, but it's just, you know, you just see that over and over and over again. 
and you see it so many times, you just think it's got to be real at this point. You know, it's not luck anymore. It's just, it's just real. Um, you know, one of the, uh, in, in two, 1997, that was the first year that Northwest had beaten Pitt in a long time. And the, the win, uh, uh, Grant Sutton had, uh, not Grant Sutton, Brian Sutton, sorry, Grant's his, uh, relative. Uh, Brian Sutton was the holder. Bad snap on, a, on an extra point, and he ran, the, ran it in for the two-point conversion. Northwest won by one because of that two-point conversion. In a horrible, it's at Pitt State homecoming. I mean, their field was grass at the time. It was so torn up. It was ridiculously um, wet. I mean, you know, you were like, people were just, uh, you know, just, just sinking into the field, right? Well, Pitt State talked about, you guys got lucky. That was a fluke. The next year, Northwest Place host Pitt, this would be 98. Um, it was a good weather conditions, finally. And uh, Charlie Pugh returns a kickoff uh, for a touchdown after Pitt State had tied it. And uh, Northwest won again. Well, you know, okay, so that, that kind of erases a little bit of it's a fluke, it's luck, right? In 99, Northwest goes down and plays at Pitt. They're down big. They come back, win at Pitt. All right, okay, well, is this just what's happening or is this a fluke? In two, uh, 2000, they're playing Pitt at home. And uh, Northwest had, had the lead for a lot of the game. In the second half, Pitt kind of took control a little bit and had a lead. Northwest scores two late touchdowns to win. Well, at, and then 2001, Pitt State got a big lead down there. And, uh, again, Northwest came back to win. So, you know, those five games in a row where Northwest came back to win or answered something to win, you know, and at that point, you no longer believe it's luck. You just believe it's the way they operate. It's their culture, whatever it is. It's a part of their identity. And I think that that has carried over in, in, in Bearcat football for a very long time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even, you know, there have been games where, uh, you know, I don't know. I just don't ever believe that, uh, you know, we still got a chance, you know, right. even, even post, you know, even post Mel. Yeah, we were so, so dominant under AD. That's, you know, we didn't have a ton of those games, but right. I'm, I'm having trouble recalling you know, very many comebacks under AD. In 2011, maybe at uh, Midwestern State in the playoffs. I don't know if you were there, Matt, but... Uh, I was not there. Mm -mm. I okay. listened to that game on the radio, though. Okay, but yeah, you know, it. that was like the first evidence that this guy's going to be a really special coach. The way he coached the team, and he kept saying, I got two touchdowns left in me, meaning he had two plays that Midwestern State wasn't ready for. And he used both of them, and they won. Now, Midwestern State missed the field goal, you know, and, and those things. But, again, that was, like, the first indicator that, okay, this guy's going to be a, a, a pretty special head coach to be that young and to be doing what he was doing. And uh, otherwise, I can't remember that, you know, that many. Now maybe, you know, it's just, uh, you know, that's just failing memory as an older person. But, uh, you know, it, it, it also, you know, the, the 15 team was, was pretty good. The 16 – was one of the most dominant teams in, in 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 D2 history, you know. And the 13 team was undefeated as well, and they lost what uh, two games in 14. So I mean, you know, they 
it's just he won, you know, that that one class won more national championships than they lost football games. Yeah, then so, they lost. That's unbelievable. It, you know, <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. You know, so so there's a lot of dominance then. Uh, but uh, again, that was just, you know, it just seemed like that was part of the culture. You know, like we'll come back to when we believe we're going to do this. Well, and that and that's something I did mention last week when we were talking about those 15 and 16 teams, and I didn't have statistics in front of me, and that's something you and I have talked about since then is, yes, I, I did say I think the, the 16 team statistically was w- much more dominant, and, and mm-hmm. if, you, if you go back and look at games, right, and margins of victory and things, but, but there was – the reason I picked that 15 team as my favorite team – one is because it's the first national championship I got to see in person. But two, there was just something about it. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, something about about Brady Bowles. He was a senior. I, I just, I just, they weren't as dominant, but I just always felt like they had an extra bit of moxie or something. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe this is my evaluation of the fifteen team. Okay, that defense was great. I mean, it was great. Um, the D line was absolutely incredible. Uh, but the offense was the team in general just kind of you know muddled through the season. Brady about halfway through turned it on, and I've never yes. seen a quarterback do that in his senior year. Usually, there's a big transition between a sophomore and a junior year for a quarterback. Sometimes it's just because that's the first time he has the opportunity to be the starter, and sometimes it's just because of maturity or whatever. Both Brady, I've never seen another quarterback do that. And so I didn't think they were very good all year. I knew the defense was great, but I didn't think the team was, was, that, was that good, even though they'd been winning. You know, they were undefeated. Um, the 16 team I thought was really good. But uh, all, all year, as soon as they beat Emporia State, uh, the first game of the year, I'm like, okay. You know, they, yeah, you know Zimmerman's a new quarterback, and it's just, this, you, know, you know, second verse, same as the first. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. thing. But the cool thing about 15 is – with the game at Sporting Park, I believe that was the the best, most exciting moment and and best whatever in Division Two history. When you consider the championship game, all those fans played in that facility. I I said it's never going to be better than this, and not to be melancholy, but it was just it was really special, and I can't, you know, a, a, in the deuce, I don't know what it, what it would take to best that. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it can be even in its current stadium, which is nice. It was just a very special thing. So you got the, your first game, first championship game was a very special one. Yeah, it was. Well, that was that was what made it so cool, right? It was a beautiful day. The weather was beautiful. Unlike in 16, also made it all, barely <laughs> through the terrible roads and everything else. But but in 15, amazing atmosphere. And I mean, from, from the get-go when what the second or third play of the game, whatever it was, when they you know, when they fumbled and we took over inside the 10 or five yeah, that, or whatever that it was, was, that was the first play from scrimmage, you know, and, and from then on, it was just, you know, and then the, the Bryce in your pick six right before halftime, you know, kind of yeah. cemented it. And we thought, okay, this is going to happen, you know, and it was yeah. just kind of party atmosphere. And it was, it was just, yeah, they just made it special. And maybe that's why I, I hold that team in such high regard, but that's it's, an, it's an opinion. It's like, it's like, sure. do you like chocolate or vanilla? I mean, it, it, it's all good. It's not an evaluation. It's just like, <laughs> this is my thing. You know, you got a couple kids and I, you love them all, but I'm sure one you jive with better than all the other ones, you know, and it's just, just the way it is. But that, that season and, and maybe why I don't remember 16 and, and quite 
quite so fondly is when Kyle Zimmerman got hurt uh, mm-hmm. in that semifinal. He had he had one of the I, I don't know I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I believe it was one of the best years a quarterback's ever had. It was really good. Now, I mean, he had, I think he had like a one ninety two, maybe it's one seventy two quarterback rating that year. There have been some two twenties, uh, but no, it was it was a, it was a great year because he didn't throw an interception until the Fort Hayes game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was a great year. And that's, I, I, I have never talked to him. And he is one of my all-time favorite Bearcats, number one, because 16 was my number. But number, number two, I just liked how tough he was the previous year. You know, nobody knew that he was playing all the time and basically couldn't throw because of some shoulder issues. And, you know, nobody thought he was going to do anything, and then he had a great season. So he was one of my favorite quarterback seasons ever. Well, and I remember reading an interview, I think it was with his dad, maybe towards the end of that season about how he had considered transferring because he had to sit the, basically the whole time and didn't mm-hmm. get to play till he was a senior. And he stuck it out and, you know, obviously paid off with a, with a national championship and getting to getting to quarterback. And that's that. So, so that's yeah, that's that's a really cool moment for him and, it, and it, Bearcat it, history. exactly. But again, it's just, you know. Do you like the 98 team or the 99 team better? I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of taste. And you, there are reasons why, why you have an affinity for the, the 15 team team, 2015 team. No big deal. Well, I'm not apologizing for my yeah, opinion. I was just, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just explaining myself. <laughs> that's exactly but, right. Well, Brandon, that's a good a place as any to end it, man. Uh, uh, I, I want to save some stuff for another episode or two. And we could we could go on forever. Uh, I I really appreciate you joining me. Uh, if if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already going to d2football.com. If not, you're you're missing out. So check that out, Brandon. Thanks again, man. I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on with me. Thank you, Matt. Anytime. Well, that's it for another episode of Bleeding Green Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. Again, appreciate Brandon coming on with me. Thanks so much for listening. Um, You can check me out. I I don't have a Facebook or Twitter for the podcast yet. I don't really have any plans for that. You can find me on Facebook, Matt Fro Daniel. Yes, I used to have a Fro in college. That was my nickname. We'll maybe cover that on another podcast or on Twitter as at FroDaddy84. Um, so you can check me out there. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere to appreciate that. And so thanks so much for listening and go cats.